0: What's up, everybody? This is Gratitude Unfiltered, and before we get the show started today, I just wanted to give a uh, quick shout-out to some of our sponsors, Craig Shelley, Beverly Hills. Thank you so much, you guys. um, In the comments you're going to find, and in the blog you're going to see, um, a link to this amazing organization, uh, everything that's sold, like all of the profits that are sold, go to benefit, the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation, was something else I wanted to show you. (laughs) <laughs> I had something else. Unbelievable. You think I would be more prepared? Oh, I know what I'm supposed to do here. This. I want to give a huge shout out uh, to House at Haikia because all the way from London, England, sent us these handmade candles, and they are fan-freaking-tastic. They haven't even really made it into America yet, and I just so happened to be like scrolling on Instagram one day and I saw the packaging, the layout, and the presentation. And if you don't haven't figured it out yet, one of my one of my favorite things to do is to is to design and create products. Everything from the eyelash applicator to having skincare products and cosmetics. Well, I you know I don't know how manly this is, but I really love candles, especially candles that smell good. And I don't and it hides the smell of me. Anyway, so. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to House of Hikia. You can check them out on Instagram. They're absolutely fantastic. I, I, I promise you, like I'm not getting paid to say this, but I do want to give a shout out because the packaging that this came in all the way from London, the whole presentation, it's like, you know when people get a new iPhone and the packaging and the way everything's boxed up? Well, that's kind of how this was except for a candle. So it's absolutely gorgeous. So thank you, House of Ikea Thank you so much. All right, guys. We're going to get the show started, and we will be back in just a second. i i oh, oh, I am
1: running.
0: The red carpet,
1: the red carpet, the red carpet. carpet. You want
0: them rolling out the the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. Want some finer things The diamond rings Designer jeans All minor things In the wider scheme But at what cost To realize your dreams Been bleeding in the will More Put the crown of thorns on spill more My might bloody Cause I kill more But I'm still poor Bottom is where I started But I get to the top And park it Bug up in the harlot, My battery needs charging And to reach my target Is the illest in the market Is some liquid from my arteries will spill onto the carpet Yeah Everybody want that Wanna work for it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Live Modern Ministries presents Gratitude Unfiltered. So blessed to have you here today. Um, I just realized I looked down and um, I have food in my shirt, which is nothing new. Shave my face, get food in my shirt. I'm a grown baby sometimes. Anyway, so blessed that you are here. Um, I'm really excited about our next guest. I'm really. I actually thought I was going to be doing a solo show because we had some wires crossed uh, for the time-wise. And with me, I could have said 9 a.m. I, I don't even know what time zone sometimes that I say that I'm in. But I'm so blessed to have uh, our guest coming here today because she's a just a fantastic human. Uh, I've been blessed to get to know her over the years, and I just admire her a great deal. Um, she's such a strong, powerful leader, um, way more organized than I am. I'm quite envious of that. She just seems to have it all going on in um, and that, and she's having such a huge impact in other people's lives all over the world. It is an absolute honor for me to introduce to you to my, my friend, Tally Davis-Weir. And the crowd goes. <laughs>
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> I miss the day <laughs> of having a live audience. People in the crowd, like I miss it so bad. Okay. and. But you know what? We're going to come back to that soon. How are you doing?
2: Fabulous. Today? And it's funny that you say organized because I think I'm the one that actually got the time wrong. I was early, like two hours early, because I just uh, did, the time, I did the time wrong. So I will uh, like, cool. just sit here and journal while I wait. But it worked what?
0: out. So, what time zone are you in?
2: I'm Eastern, but I, and you said Central, which would make me an hour, like I'm at noon and you're at 11, but I got on at 10. I just did it wrong. So. Oh, okay. It wasn't you, it was me.
0: Forgive so. me. It very well it could have been me, and, and that none of that would surprise me at all. And so, first of all, thank you for being here.
2: Yeah, of course. It's an honor. Say
0: to be here. First, before we get into everything else, what are you grateful for today?
2: Uh, you know what? I am so grateful for the season that I feel like I'm in right now. I feel like I'm being stretched in a new way. And I'm learning and growing and deepening in some things uh, specifically around, I feel like I'm being invited into a season of rest, which is, it's a principle that I know, you know, it's, it's something that I know is really essential for the journey. And I'm being invited to deepen in that so much. And it's bringing up all kinds of great stuff in me, identity around being a hard worker. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting, but I feel very much like it's, connected to what I'm made to do and the people I'm made to work with. And if I'm not really deeply embodying it, then I don't have it to give. So stretching yeah. and growing and I'm grateful for that.
0: I like that. I had my season of rest. Well, you, you would think that COVID would have been my season of rest, but it really wasn't. It was actually yeah. years ago.
1: Interesting. Like,
0: COVID became go time. Like as soon as mm-hmm. I remember right when the lockdowns were like solid, like, this is happening. We're shutting everything down. Yeah. That's when I that's hope not say, go.
2: Yeah. And,
0: and, that, and, like, and it's awful. been everything we did last year because we had that time and to isolate and to work. Yeah. Man, it, it, I got to tell you, it's the greatest blessing. How What has COVID been for you? Like, what's your experience? What's been the worst of it and the absolute best of it?
2: You know, I think mostly it's been a really, really positive experience. It's, um, I mean, I think time being our, you know, one of our most valuable assets, the thing that isn't scalable that we can't get more of, whatever, you know, I feel like it's streamlined so much. It moved a lot of things off of my plate and allowed me to really focus on the things I wanted to focus on. And that was a beautiful gift. Um, family, you know, it, it centered me in on getting lots of great connection time with family. My kids were home for school and like we were all working together. It was great. I loved a lot about it. And then all of my clients are already online. The mastermind that I had is international. So it was already on zoom. So it didn't change a lot of my work. Um, The worst of it, I think was not getting to go out and I'm a ballroom dancer. I love to dance. And so not getting to do that was rough and hugs. I am a hugger. And so like, that I felt, too. Like, man, I realized how many hugs I give a day and realized I need that in my life. So those that was probably the hardest for me.
0: It's interesting. Um, those are things that I – it's become incredibly awkward. Because one of the things is a man, you know, you shake people's hands. Like, you give a good handshake. Well, that would be more of a filthy thing to do. Like, I think hugging. I think you're better off licking someone's ear. Like I think that's more sanitary than actually shaking someone's hand. Right. Uh We're around men now because we're like with women it's, you know, it's a little bit different I think yeah. from men because it's you know them it's a hug or whatever, but with guys it's do we fist bump? Do we do <laughs> do we, I out.
1: Do we do? Yes, I
2: get it.
0: It's so it's so silly. What, so tell everybody about your coaching business and what you yeah. do. Cause you're, to me, my impression of you, or it, it, from what I've been able to tell is that you operate a little bit different than other coaches out there. So explain a little bit about your philosophy behind what you do and how you benefit your your clients most. I don't know if you call them clients, patients, or what, but.
2: Yeah, Clients and that become really in so many ways like friends, you know, I just fall in love with all of my clients. They're amazing. Um, I think it's hard to to spend time with someone and see the greatness in them and help move them into that without just falling in love with the person they've been created to be and what it is they're 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 made to bring into the world. It's just like, ah, I feel like I get a front row seat to watch people come alive to who they are. It's, it's such a gift. Yeah. Uh, So I work with leaders, specifically um, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of high performers. And the sweet spot that I love to work in is that point when they've created so much of what they feel like they're made for, what they're excited about, so much of their vision is realized and they're finding like, and something is still missing. Like, I I don't know what it is because I've run so hard after my vision and accomplished so much of it. And yet I still feel like there's some kind of emptiness, there's something missing here. And often they're on, they haven't burned out yet, but they can feel like this is not sustainable. Where I am going is not sustainable. And so I love to come in in that moment and really support them into taking all that they've created and what's missing. So a lot of times it's something spiritually or it is that place of rest and refuel, the thing I'm getting right now, even more deeply. Um, often it is, you know, relationally, there's some kind of breakdown or health. They're like this, like, I just, I can't keep going at this rate. It's not sustainable. So looking at life holistically and, and just bringing in that, that alignment of body, soul, mind, and spirit. So it's a lot of what I do and I love it. And I do retreats too. So I do one-on-one coaching. Retreat. Yeah. Retreats are like, it's, it's such a sweet spot to, to be able to bring people into that. And you can disconnect from all of the craziness of life and all of the expectations and the go 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 and actually have enough space to slow down to be present with yourself to connect to source to connect to uh, other people who are running at that similar place i think there's a lot of loneliness at the top when it comes to leaders they're the one who everyone looks to they're the one who always has to be on you know they're the lead they're the leader and so there are times when you just feel like oh my gosh i i i need support right now but you need to show up and go be you need to be for your team or your whatever your organization is
0: do you know I wrestle with this and I literally at 1130 last night which I'm never awake at that time I mean I'm halfway dead in my sleep at that time (laughs) the last night I was awake Uh and I needed to be awake for this very thing but one of the things that I've struggled with and I've done a lot to rebuild myself and become more of well a man because I hadn't been one most of my life and in, in those efforts to become a man, I've gotten more confident and in pursuing it all locked in on my purpose, when I take a breath and I step back, that's when I feel the lonely. And one of the things that's happened to me, and I, I'm bringing this up for a reason, um, is when I step back to be able to breathe, all of a sudden I realize that in a way I'm alone. I'm married and, I, and we work together all the time. But away from like the things that I'm used to, like my other friends and the other relationships that I had. And then I start to realize, oh my God, I haven't heard from them in forever. Mm -hmm. And then I get in my head and then I get insecure. and like, what the heck have I done wrong? And like, I go through this dialogue in my head and all of a sudden, because codependency was one of the things that I got to overcome, abandonment issues. is one of the things that I've overcome and healed from, Mm -hmm. but our mind is always going to test how much we really heal. Yeah. (laughs) So, Last night I finally I just picked up the phone for the for I don't even and I didn't even expect him to answer but I picked up the phone and they and we they answered which and we had this amazing conversation and he was the only person that really I could have gone to with this specific thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My point is this that 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 isolation that leaders um, face like people look to the leader
1: yes. The, yes the
0: guy that can't fail the woman right,
1: that, right, right. The one that's
0: got to keep. Everything good. Like, so when you see a preacher or a minister get busted in a scandal of stealing money from the church or cheating, they're looked at like, ah, there you go, another Christian just being like it. And then, and it's the fact is we're all human beings. Like leaders are human beings too. So how? My, my point, my question is, what do you tell your leaders that you're working with? And you work with other world changers, and you are a world changer yourself. But when you're working with other leaders, how do you help them combat that feeling of loneliness? Because that it is lonely as a leader. It's lonely because no one carries the weight that you are carrying because other people have chosen to follow or other people have chosen to support. Not everyone's put decided that I'm going to put my neck out there yeah. and I'm going to be the one to take the bullet first. Right. How do you coach up your leaders in that respect?
2: Well, I think, first of all, it's, it's giving them that, Neutral, safe space. They know it's confidential. They know they can tell me anything. They know they're not going to be judged in any way. Like they can bring anything. They talk about every area of life, you know, anything that's going on for them that's coming up that is creating stress that they're trying to process through. It's just this neutral, safe space with someone who isn't connected to any area of their life. Like anything they say to me isn't going to affect what's going on in their business or their relationship or their family. You know, it's like just it's neutral cheerleader kind of in their corner that is just for them in every area of life so so creating that space alone is huge is huge to be able to process to be able to feel safe and then that's one of the things I love about the retreats is getting leaders connected with other leaders because sometimes that place of isolation is is such a source of pain you know it's feeling like man, I'm the only one that goes through this because in your world as a leader everyone is looking to you in all the different realms. And when you're a powerful leader, it doesn't matter where you go, you show up at a restaurant, you know, there's something that people are drawn to the leader that you are, and they have a um, a respect, all of that, which is beautiful, but you have to have these spaces where you can just not be on, you can be totally authentic, you can be like, this is freaking so hard, you know, or this is what's going on, or like the, the attack, a lot of times, the leaders that are are out in front like you just said take the bullets you know they take a lot of the judgment and the criticism and just because they're a leader doesn't mean it's easy you know that is it's painful and having a place to process with other people who are going through similar things is so significant just be able to let your guard down and be totally seen for the person that you are not the leader that you are is so significant so I think creating those environments whether it's one-on-one coaching or the mastermind or the retreats places that you can be authentically you and you and be in process, you know, and that's, that's one of the big things too, is not feeling this pressure, like taking the pressure off of the leader to be whatever, like they perceive the destination to be, but to really get that it is freedom to just be on the journey, wherever you're at in the journey, it's all a journey, all of it is, there is no destination. That was like a big, huge aha for me when I realized, oh my gosh, I'm, there actually is like, that's an illusion that there is some destination that, we're going to get to in this lifetime that, that it is all a journey. It was hugely freeing for me. So that's another place of just bringing them into that as well. I think that.
0: I, um, the, wow. What was I? I just completely brain Oh, the, um,
1: uh, Oh, I had it. I lost it. Ah!
2: The, joy I, and the journey being on the journey, no destination. Does that trigger anything?
0: Well, it was about leadership and, and that was, it was the thought I was thinking about in my, oh, I know what it was isolation, that thought of isolation. Mm-hmm. Isolation for me was where I used to go to live my double life and my double life's double life. <laughs> but isolation is also where God wanted me to be able to speak to me, to show me and reveal things to me that I got to heal. And it was where it was in isolation in that season of. Re- And that was, isolation actually came after the season of rest, which was interesting. But what I learned in that time is what prepared me for now. So it was very, very interesting. But at that time, I was not a leader. I was doing, I was running from my purpose. I was running from what I I I needed to do. And and, and so with that came, I wasn't, nothing, I, I was bearing no fruit. Like nothing good was really happening for me or happening to me, like I, I couldn't make my own luck, I, all of these things, but I wasn't doing at that time what I was created to do. I had all of these distractions in my life that didn't belong there, I had a lot of uh, toxins, I had triggers that needed to be healed, mm-hmm. and yet that season of being obedient and, obedient and listening to what I was supposed to do, it changed the course of my life forever, yeah. so that right. now, being isolated. I am more prepared for it because now I can use it in a positive way, not a destructive way.
2: And I think there's something to being really coming into a place of being at home in yourself and not needing all the external things. Yeah. So there's a balance in it for sure. But
0: well, I'm gonna ask you something. I'm going to switch the subject to something yeah. I plan on. I've been trying to talk about it for a few days, but the words haven't been coming out right. And then I re- found my opportunity last night um, and we're preparing something that said right now, we've got, we live in a world where everything is categorized, where, you know, it's, you're defined by a sexuality, which now there's 95 sexualities. Now there's 86 genders. Um, we have all of these different religions now, and then we we're branching people off by women and then color and then race. You know
1: what I mean? So we've you know. all of
0: these off. And all we, we hear about racism and discrimination, we hear about hate crimes, the, the awful murder of those eight Asian women yesterday or the day before. Um, we hear you know the George Floyd uh, stuff that's going on, the trials just, uh, I guess it's on hiatus now with the jury. But I mean, that happening. So race tensions are really high. Now, and we have all of these different, we're pointing to these races of all of these people that have been discriminated against. And at this, while I believe that all of that is wrong, I want to ask you this question. Is it humanly possible to be a racist or a bigot if you are living in your purpose?
2: Hmm. That's such an interesting question. Is it human- I know
0: you're a white girl and I'm a white guy, but honestly, I, I can't wait. I'm bringing an Asian woman and one of my friends, from, um, he's from Haiti. He's going to come on and we're going to have this conversation. Great. But I'm curious what you think about it because I know that what you do is about purpose. So
2: I feel like when you are really aligned to your actual purpose, what you've been made for, it has to, it has to be rooted in love or it's not yeah. really your purpose. And I don't think you can have that experience of being racist if you're not centered in a place of love. So I think my answer would have to be no. I don't think, I don't think you can have both. I don't think you're, I don't think like you might be moving toward your purpose. And I think there's, you know, a graduated scale where we're, we're always sure. becoming more, but yeah, I think if you really are truly rooted in your purpose, it's centered in love. That's what I would say. It too.
0: That's, that's, that's actually the exact thought process I have mm-hmm. about all of it. Cause you can't, I don't believe that you can be fully in your purpose without love. Yeah. Like, love, you have to love yourself. Enough to make the good decisions because a part of living in your purpose is being obedience to the call. Not being a, I'm not even saying necessarily being a good boy, a little be, be a good girl. I'm not even t- saying that. Yeah. When that, when the spirit inside you says go, when you listen to it, or you it yeah. says no, and you listen to it, or you say wait, and you listen to it, yeah. that that kind of obedience yeah. is where you learn to love yourself. That's where you learn to make loving decisions. That's where. And, and honestly, stepping into your and stepping into faith is yeah. one of the most loving things right. you can ever do for yourself. Yes. yes. It's it's so amazing, and like I, it breaks my heart when I see people. So I'm part of a ministry in Oklahoma City. Um, I'm under the covering, even though I'm in Minneapolis now. I'm still under their covering, and that is my home church. Like I, I love them. One of the things that breaks my heart, 90, I would say 98% of the, co- the congregation, and I, those numbers could be off, are either ex-convicts or convicts. Wow. Cool. And they are amazing. Like I, I, As soon as I walked in the very first day, I was like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but this is home. Like I love it. Yeah, and I still, I still do. I miss it so bad because there's no experience like it in the world.
2: But yeah, said, so much redemption in that place, so much oh, really deep appreciation, but, love.
0: and so many people, though the problem that breaks my heart is when people make that decision to turn their life around, mm-hmm. they still get stuck in that limiting belief yeah. because of my prison record, because of my addiction, because of my whatever. I can't succeed. I, I, I don't even have a GED. So mm-hmm. how am I going to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I found really, really hard with people that are in that that turning point of, OK, I, I, I think it's white-knuckling. When you haven't really accepted that God's got something better for you, yep. you're white-knuckling life. Yeah, yeah. And I know that analogy is used in addiction. But I mean that as a whole, too, we yeah. can do yeah. this. Where we're hanging on a thread, we, and we're not really testing our faith. We're not stretching. I heard someone use the analogy: we have a big ocean to fish in with lots of fish that God provided for us. How big is your net? It's
1: good.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So, but I speaking hope into people that have, you know, have 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 bad past, that have bad records. How do you get people to switch out of that? Like, okay, well now I've committed to turning my life around. But how do you get people to believe that God has something bigger for them?
2: Mm. Mm. You know, one of the things that I do that is really effective is getting people into a place of having an encounter with God himself. So one of the things I've been trained in, it's um, it was through a man named Terry Wardle. Um, he calls it formational prayer. I sometimes call it guided meditation because I feel like that's more connective for some people but it basically uses visualization and brings people kind of, I kind of walk them through seeing a space, like they're visualizing in their mind, what I'm describing and being able to let things go that they're carrying around in this like heavy backpack and then step through this curtain into a space that they then see themselves. It's a, a place that's just safe and refreshing and beautiful. And I have them start describing what they see and hear and smell and like they, they have this whole beautiful experience that brings them into a place of peace. And then I invite them to invite God into that space. And I was like, just let God show up for you. However God shows up for you. Cause you know, some people aren't even, they don't even have a connection to God or Jesus or anything. I was like, just invite like the source of love to come be with you. And often heavenly father will show up, will show up or some, some like form of a guide. which is often Holy spirit will show up. And just have this beautiful connection with them and often what they get in that place like erases so much shame erases just a lot of the stuff that they're carrying around a lot of the lies they're believing and just have a beautiful encounter with god and i think that is probably the most powerful thing i can do to break lies off is just to to bring them into the presence of an unconditionally loving god who wants to meet them and speaks right into what they need to hear in that moment so it's powerful I,
0: that's the moment that changed my life forever. I mean, it wasn't that I didn't still mess up. Yeah. But I had the heart to change and like stop it, you know. Uh, yeah. Every, you know, because sometimes I get frustrated and go, "Ah, screw it!" Like yeah. yeah. to sabotage again. Because yeah. that's a bad habit to break. You know, it's not the easy All of our
2: habits are bad. You know, hard to break because they're ingrained. We've gone to them over oh. and over, and we get something real from it. You know.
0: You do. Mm-hmm. Not really anything really good though.
2: I mean, it helps. It doesn't ultimately satisfy the real need that's there, but it touches in on it. It, it like, it's almost like eating junk food, you know, when you're hungry. It, it does something. It helps. It doesn't really give you what your body really needs, but it, it takes the edge off. You know, we're doing it for a reason. We don't, we don't have our coping mechanisms or our bad habits or whatever for no reason. They're there for they like they meet something. Not at a deep level, but they, they take the edge off of something. So I think when we can get people connected to what is the need that you're trying to meet through that without making them wrong for the need, you know, the needs are just in us. We are not ever going to escape having them. When I got that, that was a really, really big, really big thing realizing that we are designed with a set of needs. Like we all need to be loved. We all need a sense of security, comfort, approval, recognition, challenge, freedom, peace, joy. Like there are a set of things that just like we need air to breathe, just like we have to have food, we have to have sleep. There are things that our physical body has to have. It's just part of our design. There are things emotionally and spiritually that we have to have. And we are going to like everything that we do is motivated by meeting one or multiple of those needs. And yeah. so when we're getting them kind of met. We'll keep going to that thing until we find something better that meets it at a deeper level. So getting, getting my clients connected to what is that thing that like, what do you, what are you having met by, by going here over and over again? There, there are all these like symptoms and side effects to this thing that you don't appreciate or don't like, or aren't working in your life, but what's the real need you're driving toward there and what's a, what's a better way of having that need met that doesn't have all of the collateral damage or the side effects to it. So it's really helpful.
0: It's good stuff. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge that you face and how do you overcome it
2: biggest challenge that i face
0: because i know you have something that comes out
2: for sure for sure i think it probably is around like people pleasing perfectionism not having conflict in my life like i'm more of a, a peacemaker type and so i will actually subconsciously do all kinds of gymnastics around avoiding conflict. And so that's something just practicing is one of the overcoming things, practicing being more direct, being more like, this is where I'm at. This is my boundary. This is what I need. This You know, having those kinds of things in my life that I'm practicing actively with people who are in my life that are safe, that are going to welcome that and and just getting better and better at it. I think that's probably, those are perfectionism, people pleasing, which is really all rooted in, acceptance like that's the need that's if i if i dig down why do i do this and what does that give me and what does that give me until you get to like what is the actual need when you find yourself circling like it's because i just want approval you know or you keep and why do i and what will that give me if i have approval like uh it gives me approval so when you get down to where you can't find anything under that you're probably at one of those needs so for me if i dig down below why am i letting that go. Why am I letting people push them on boundaries? Why am I wanting to be liked by this person that I really respect or trying so hard to, you know, when I get down to what's underneath it, often it's approval or peace, one of those two. And often they go together. So when I can be creating things that are both approval and peace, like I tend to do those things a lot. So practicing, like not having approval actually helps sometimes.
0: I like that too. Yeah
2: yeah that's a good question
0: what's your what's your next thing because you've got so what I see you know you have this amazing coaching program you're doing these retreats you you just I mean you 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 have things a very solid foundation built far and wide what's the big scary thing that you're to step into now
2: it's really the client that I work with. So I'm
0: huh.
2: when I when I talk to God about it, like what is the stretch? You know, I love Lewis House talks about. He'll write down ten things that that scare the crap out of him, like for a year, and he's just gonna like go through those things throughout the year and check things out. I'm like, that's good. What is the what's the stretch? Like, so that's one of the questions. And then the other question, and I get the same answer with both of them. The other question is like, what is the best use of me in the world? When I think about that's made me to be the strength set that I have, the things that make me come alive. Like what is the best use of me in the world? If I'm going to have however many years I have on the earth. We don't know what that is, but however long that is, what is the greatest impact I can have and, and the biggest difference I can make while I'm here. And I think it is the the type of client that I work with. So I'm already working with the, like the kind of client that I want to work with people who are, influencers who are have a big vision to change the world who are up to big things who work really hard who are high achievers who who have um circles of influence that they're impacting and i think it's it's just that next level of leader i think it's people who who are on stages speakers a lot you know i think that comes up for me a lot people who are um authors speakers who are who are just influencing at an even higher level i think that's I think that's the stretch for me. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know that uh, leaning into this place of rest is, is really, really significant. Like I'm really clear. I'm about three or four weeks into this, you know, God stretching me into this place of deep rest and I am blown away. I mean, one of the things he said is, you know, you, you have to go deeper in this. He talked about an artesian well. And I was like, what is an artesian well exactly? Like I know artisan water is better. You know, but I I was like, what's the difference? I Googled it. Um, And a regular well, you can let a bucket down. You know, there's like a reservoir of water under the ground that you can tap into and access and draw water up. and, And you have access to that ongoing. An artesian well is many layers below that. It's under more dirt, sand, limestone. If you drill down past all of that, there's another deeper level reservoir of water. And it's cleaner because it's been filtered through all this sand and limestone. So it's like actually cleaner, better water. And the pressure of the ground on that actually causes it to spring up. So once you drill it once, you never have to like send a bucket down and draw up water. It's it's just like always flowing. So I'm like, okay, that's what that's what we're creating here. And I think it's I think it's going to be for um for that particular kind of client who is very, very uh, just, just having they themselves are having a bigger influence. So when I can come alongside and support them, the concentric circles kind of go out. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think when you come out of the season of rest, you're going to be pleasantly surprised with what God has for you.
1: Yeah, if,
0: I, I, do. I don't. You keep talking about your clients, and I'm like, no, this is about you.
2: Huh? Yeah, if
0: you're going to get stretched.
2: <laughs> amazing! I am floored by this experiment. You know, I'm just like. I'll be sitting on my couch for like three, four, sometimes more hours in the morning with my journal because all I'm doing right now is my my private clients and I only take nine at a time. And so, you know, I'm just, I have hours, a lot of days when I don't have anything until like early afternoon, I'll spend all morning, I'll get up at like five and that's the other thing. I haven't been setting an alarm. I just wake up when, when my body wants to wake up Yeah. another piece of the rest. Anyway, just hours, just hanging out connected and the kind of impact that I'm having is so much more and the kind of like I am doing nothing to grow my business to like, I'm not doing a thing and so much just keeps coming to me. I'm like, wow, God, this is a way more fun way to do this.
0: And that ladies and gentlemen is called a laugh.
2: <laughs> it's really fun. It's just so much, so much more trust and ease and rest and yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, I think you're right. It is for sure for me, and I think as I am that, like I, I create that. I'm seeing so much in my clients, so much of them stepping into this thing without me saying anything about it. It's wild. I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, Tally, pl- plug where people can find you. Um, yeah. When we prepare the media kit and publish this, Yeah. that information will be there, but just for the podcast audience, radio audience, tell people where they can find you.
2: Um, leaders alive on Facebook. You can find me there. You can find me at coaching with Tally on Instagram and I have a website, which I'm sure you'll put the link in. Oh yeah. So yeah. Nobody shout it out though. <laughs> I don't actually have it memorized. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. alive. Uh, I all right. We'll be right around here. Somewhere.
0: It'll be, and it'll be you can go to live and you'll be able to see, uh, the radio, uh, uh, podcast the transcript and the TV link uh, it'll all be there so you guys can go there you'll be able to find Tally there Tally you're a blessing you're a gift I'm so grateful that we were able to do this even with the confusion <laughs> yes. uh, but I'm uh, truly truly honored to have you on here so thank you very much.
2: Thanks for what you bring to the world you're an incredible leader Joshua keep, keep shining that authentic vulnerable light it is so needed in this world.
0: Thank That's you awesome, man. God bless you. See you soon.
2: Bless you. All right. Bye. Uh,
0: I really love her. Uh, she's fantastic. Golly. I thought I was going to have to do a solo show and I was all ready for it. But then she texts. She's like, I can do it. Like, oh, sweet. <laughs> Cause if I, if I'm not prepared, there's no telling what will come out of my mouth. And uh, sometimes that can be dangerous. Thank you guys so much for being here. Also, uh, I gotta show you this. These are very um, interesting packages, but I want to, maybe you've seen them, maybe you haven't. Cuticle Doctor, Nature's 86 Pain Relief Healing Oil, Dr. Burn, Bug Bite Doctor, Sportsman's Doctor. What does all of this, what is all of this? Would you believe that it's the same product, every single one of these? So one of the things that Jessica and I are doing, and we announced this yesterday, but uh, for those of you that go and watch the Devil Inside Me series, we're doing a giveaway, and all you have to do is comment. Watch it. What are your biggest takeaways from what you watch? And honestly, you can pick any of the three episodics. There's 10 total, but only three have been released so far. So all you have to do is comment. What was your biggest takeaway? And it doesn't even have to be a good thing. Um, and you can enter when win. You can say you want the T-shirt. You can say that you want the mask, we have a very, we have a special mask uh, that we actually get today. And you can breathe in it, you can run in it, you can basically, you could take a bath in it because you can actually be underwater with this mask and still breathe. It's kind of insane. At the same time, none of the stuff that most people were fearing, like the coronavirus coming in, is gonna do it. Like you can't get through. So we have those masks. Um, and we're going to be giving away one of those, giving away a Live Model World t-shirt. Uh, so go watch the Devil Inside Me series and uh, comment. And also, the all- that those products I just showed you, that is actually American alligator oil. And uh, when you see the science and benefits of this, it's absolutely mind-blowing. So here's the deal. I'm not selling those products, but what I am doing, um, one of the things that we're doing is we are working with OEMs, which is the manufacturers, and we're providing... Uh, this oil, we're selling it by the gallons. To, it literally will regrow hair. It's a skincare product. Gets rid of bo- uh, burns, heals burns, heals wounds. And we like have amazing science behind this. I mean, this is all real. Uh, you can actually Google the science behind American alligator oil, oil yourself. It's it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> what would, what else was there? Oh, nice hair growth, and it kills herpes. I don't have herpes to test it on. I don't know how I don't have herpes. I still am blown. I still have no clue. Anyway, I don't, but it does kill herpes. So whether topically, you know what I mean? You know all the stuff that goes on with herpes? Not necessarily a great thing from what I hear, um, but the point is it'll kill it. So if you know an OEM out there, whether it's skincare, cosmetics, uh, natural medicine, it even sports supplements, it's a perfect combination with CBD. If you know someone out there uh, who is works in that space and wants to test this product, uh, we'll give samples away. Just con- give us a contact uh, below because you can see the contact page there. Anyway, thank you for being here. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Tomorrow we'll be back uh, at 11 a.m. We have an amazing show, and uh, it's actually going to be much, much different, but really excited to have him on. God bless. See you guys later.